Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There are mysteries you want no part of. First you guys remove my shirt, then you remove my pants. What the f- is left? And mysteries that have lingered for decades. You can't be friendly with the police. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, December 4th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Queen Bey has found herself right where she belongs, at the top of the box office. Renaissance, a film by Beyoncé, debuted at number one this weekend, earning $21 million. The film is part concert, part documentary of her recent Renaissance World Tour, featuring behind-the-scenes footage and an interview with the singer. Dropping to second place, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which made another $14.5 million. The Japanese film Godzilla Minus One debuted in third with $11 million. In fourth place, Trolls Band Together with $7.6 million, and right behind it in fifth with $7.4 million is Disney's Wish. We got our first look this weekend at the second season of HBO's Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, which returns next summer. The Sneak Peek, which was a surprise for fans gathered in Brazil for the CCXP convention on Saturday, brings us to the depressing aftermath of the pivotal season one finale, which saw the death of Rhaenyra Targaryen's child, the young and gentle Lucerys Valarian, during a dragonback skirmish in the skies with Aemond Targaryen. The grief is all too visible on the ash-stained face of Rhaenyra as the rightful queen of the Iron Throne looks out solemnly at Dragonstone castle. Meanwhile, her husband-slash-uncle, the hot-headed Prince Daemon, looks ready for revenge, suited in his wartime armor. Have a listen. There is no war so hateful to the gods. There's a war between kin. so bloody as a war between dragons. Well, that is quite a warning right there from Princess Rhaenys Targaryen. Now, HBO, by the way, beefed up the reveal by confirming a batch of actors who will play notable book characters from George R.R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood. Clinton Liberty will play Adam of Hull. Jamie Kenna will play Sir Alfred Broom. Kieran Bew will play Hugh. Tom Bennett will play Ulf. Vincent Regan will play Sir Rickard Thorne. And Tom Taylor will play the hyped-up character of Lord Cregan Stark. For more on the trailer and casting, EW's official Game of Thrones podcast, West of Westeros, made an off-season return to dissect all that the footage and new intel has to offer. You can listen to that now wherever you listen to podcasts. Billie Eilish 
is for the girls, but she thought you knew that already. This weekend, the happier-than-ever singer addressed her November interview with Variety, in which she came out publicly after discussing her attraction to women. On the carpet for the publication's annual Hitmakers event on Saturday, she confirmed her coming out. Have a listen. Did you you mean to come out in the story? Girl. (laughs) No, I didn't, but I kind of thought... Wasn't it obvious? Like, it's kind of been... I just, I didn't realize people didn't know, so... We need to get to a point where you don't even have to come out, so... I, I, I just don't really believe in it. I'm just like, why can't we just exist? I've been doing this for a long time, and I just didn't talk about it. Whoops. <laughs> Well, while speaking with the outlet for last month's The Power of Women issue, Eilish sparked speculation about her sexuality after opening up about her relationship with women in general, saying, quote, I've never really felt like I could relate to girls very well. I love them so much. I love them as people. I'm attracted to them as people. I'm attracted to them for real. And Mark Shepard, the actor most famous for portraying Crowley across eight seasons of Supernatural, has revealed that he recently survived six heart attacks. On Saturday, he posted on Instagram, quote, You're not going to believe this. Was on my way to an appointment yesterday when I collapsed in my kitchen. Six massive heart attacks later and being brought back from the dead four times. I apparently had a 100% blockage in my LAD. Sharing a selfie from his hospital bed, the English actor referred to the blockage in his left anterior descending artery as the Widowmaker before thanking those who played a crucial role in his recovery. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Our return trip to America's most disastrous kitchens is coming to an end on our number three pick today, the season finale of Kitchen Nightmares. Gordon Ramsay's tour of the nation's culinary catastrophes wraps up tonight with a two-part finale, though unlike some of the best episodes from the show's original run, this one is not two episodes of Ramsay working on the same restaurant. It will be two separate episodes airing back-to-back. In this preview, Chef Ramsey suspects that the cooks at Diwan, an Indian restaurant in Port Washington, New York, are adding something that they shouldn't to one dish. So we have a combination of chicken tikka, the white meat chicken malai kebab, the tandoori prawns, and the lamb chops. Those prawns look a little bit suspect. Can you ask the chef, is there any food coloring in there? Definitely, sir. And Dylan, to be honest. Yes, sir. And I will also be honest. It looks like food coloring, but I'm going to be checking. Oh, for sake. It's brighter than Paris Hilton's knickers. Whenever you see these colors, it worries me that they're cutting corners and still depending on food coloring. There's no flavor from the marinade. It should be fragrant, spicy, delicious, but they just taste like a frozen prawn. Chino, please tell me, do you put color for the tandoori prawns? No, only yellow. So that's color? Uh. Do you put color for the tandoori chicken tikka? No, no. Okay, all right. Yes. Come on, man. First you guys remove my shirt, then you remove my pant. What is left? You're absolutely right, sir. Yes. $34 for food coloring? That's $42. This is the deluxe mixture. We are 42. Yes. $42. Gordon was not at all happy. I mean, the man is like, like, what the f- What the f- am I eating? 
Well, uh, the return of Kitchen Nightmares has made this fall full of Ramsey shows from Hell's Kitchen to Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars. Savor the taste while you can, folks. The two-part season finale of Kitchen Nightmares airs tonight at 8 on Fox and streams the next day on Hulu. It's trivia time. Gordon Ramsay has been nearly inescapable this year with show after show hitting the air. But what was the famous chef's very first TV show? Was it Gordon Ramsay's home cooking, the F word, or boiling point? Stick around for the answer. The Boston Globe and HBO are teaming up for our number two pick, Murder in Boston, Roots, Rampage, and Reckoning. The new three-part docuseries returns to one of Boston's most talked-about murders more than three decades after it occurred. Charles and Carol Stewart were shot in 1989, and the crime gripped Boston and the nation as it surfaced racist fears and ultimately took many by surprise. The Boston Globe's Adrian Walker covered the story when it took place. Now, he and other Globe reporters are sharing their journey back into the case over the last couple of years. Here's the trailer. Boston recorded emergency 510. My, my wife's been shot. I've been shot. One of the most sensational stories in Boston's history began with a call to 911. Where is this, sir? I have no idea. I'm Chuck and Carol Stewart are in their car, bleeding from gunshot wounds. Okay, has your wife been shot as well? Yes. In the head. She's seven months pregnant. Okay, so bear with me now. Stand by. Stand up me. Moments ago, they were at a birthing class. And now, they're victims of a crime that launches a massive manhunt for a black man in a tracksuit and captures the attention of the nation. Tell the brothers, get off the street because your life is in danger. Life switched just that fast. Now the chase is on. Who did it? Race, class, crime, and punishment. The city's raw nerves were exposed. You can't make this shit up. Oh, but they did make it up. This is a true story. My name is Adrian Walker. I'm a columnist and associate editor at the Boston Globe. And I helped cover this crime back in 89. But it always haunted me. And so, for two years, I've been working with a team of Globe reporters, and we've been re-examining the case, speaking to hundreds of people, and unearthing new evidence. Well, the re-investigation of the sensational story will be released both as a show and a podcast. You will be able to catch the first part when it starts streaming today on Max. All right, don't go anywhere. Our number one pick is coming up. What to Watch will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Watch. 
This week in entertainment history, a Christmas movie classic was released on December 4th, 1994. Lloyd Christmas and his friend Harry Dunn debuted in Dumb and Dumber. And it is hard to imagine the classic duo being played by anyone but Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. But they weren't the original choice to play the future owners of the I've Got Worms pet store. Nicolas Cage and Gary Oldman were reportedly among the original choices, and Cage was still attached even after Carrie signed on. Daniels, meanwhile, was warned that doing the movie would jeopardize his career as a serious actor. Gotta say, that duo had a sort of magic in that movie. Unfortunately, it never was really recaptured in either the prequel or the sequel film, or for that matter, the largely forgotten Saturday morning cartoon spinoff that gave weekly adventures to Lloyd, Harry, and their pet, a purple beaver named Kitty. The cartoon only lasted for a single season in 1996. Our number one pick today is asking you to get involved. You've made it through 20 episodes of The Voice this season, and the live playoffs are finally here. Starting tonight, The Voice will be live, and you will be able to vote on the best performances, determining who is moving forward as the show's 24th season narrows the field down to a new champion. Here is a little taste of Jordan Rayner's performance, one of the singers who survived the playoffs. Well, up until this point, the coaches have been able to keep an even number of performers in the contest, but that ends now. Each of the coaches has three singers remaining, and you will be able to decide who survives and who heads home tonight at 8 on NBC. Or if you're not going to vote, you can catch the episode streaming tomorrow on Peacock. And finally, today, the answer to our trivia question. What was Chef Gordon Ramsay's first ever show? Was it Gordon Ramsay's Home Cooking, The F Word, or Boiling Point? Well, all three of those are relatively early shows in Ramsay's TV career, and you probably heard bleeped out F words on all of them. However, it was Boiling Point that gave Gordon Ramsay his TV debut. The 1999 British series followed him as he opened his now-famous restaurant, Gordon Ramsay. And that is it for our show today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. So be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Jared Hall. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
This episode of What to Watch was written by Dustin Nelson and EW Staff, edited by Sammy Junio, and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. What to Watch. 